Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back, everybody, to another Friday Breakdown edition of the Southern Outdoors Podcast. I'm here in person with the Ginger Bow Hunter. Just got back from Iowa. Ginger, actually, Ginger Gunslinger. How you doing? Ginger Gunslinger's doing well. Doing well, guys. <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to be back in Alabama. It's kind of weird. You know, we go from, like, warm temperatures up there. We're, like, in the uh, upper 40s, and then we get back, get back to Alabama. And I woke up this morning, and I think it was 65 this morning mm. when I woke up. And I'm like, this is weird. And yeah. we had a big thunderstorm rolling in right now. We're actually trying to outrun it, run into a little town. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's cool. Good to be back home. But anyway, uh, dude, it's been uh, it's been interesting. We're actually uh, – well, I guess we're not going to necessarily talk about this hunt. Are we going to talk about this hunt? On this yeah, well, right we can now? talk about it a little bit. I mean, uh, just a little – Right now, we're recording this in the truck. We're driving around trying to not get killed by a storm. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're on an SOA hunt right now for Alabama, so special opportunity area. Um, it's where the state has certain properties that it, it manages for quality bucks, and you can put in and, and draw these hunts, kind of like a lottery system. And uh, I didn't draw any last year, but this year I drew a, a hunt that I've been trying to draw for a long time. And uh, finally ended up getting it, and we're just kind of out here checking out the unit. It's the first day of the hunt. Um, this place is very different, very, very different. I'm sure y'all are going to hear plenty about it uh, on a future episode, but we're literally just, like, driving the roads mm-hmm. right now, looking for tracks, haven't even bombed off in the woods yet, really, uh, literally just walking or driving roads. Already found some scrapes on the roads, found some big tracks on the roads, and Right now, we have a violent storm bearing down on us, <laughs> so we're bailing out, and uh, we're driving to a little nearby town, go to the old Piggly Wiggly, get yep. some uh, get some batteries and some other stuff. So, um, I think the main subject of this one, we'll just cover uh, how your Iowa hunt ended up going, because last time <laughs> you, we talked about Iowa, uh, you had you had an absolute giant that you'd found, mm. and... Uh, and you were like, I asked you, I was like, are you going to go for broke on that deer? And you said yes. And so that's kind of what you ended up doing. Uh, yeah, I went for broke and got my heart broken. Uh, so <laughs> we decided to shoot another deer instead. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, it was crazy. Um, I mean, being there for as long as we were, I mean, we were there for 14 days. Um, it was it, it was crazy, especially how, like, the, the big buck sightings, like, completely vanished. Like, it went from, like, the first few days we were there, like, I saw – you know, I think it was like day two, day two or three. I saw a deer that's probably you know, upper 150s, maybe in the maybe in the 160s. Uh, just a you know, a really, really, really nice deer. And um, you know, saw that. You know, saw a 140 something inch buck uh, a couple of days later, and then uh, a day after seeing that 140, went in and saw a deer that was for sure, you know, probably in the Boone and Crockett category. Um, number going through my head is 180 plus um after watching that deer for probably 15 minutes in the binos uh that was just too far no, no way i could make a move on him and the wind was kind of almost he was almost downwind of me which you know what's something i just realized mm-hmm. each time i saw a big buck in a field he was nearly downwind of me like just mm. off wind i just now thought about what that. does that tell you uh, t- t- you know he, does <laughs> off he, he wants the wind in his face when he comes out into that field mm-hmm. um Hunting the just off wind, just off wind, yeah, just off wind, and that's both the big, the real big deer I saw. Um, you know, they were just off wind, downwind of me. So that that's something to take consideration of. But no, but like, so all that happened. You know, we kind of talked about that on one of the last outros. But that's so that kind of happened, and then it went from like seeing all these bucks and seeing a bunch of other like rack bucks and stuff like that. 
to like, okay, now it's just a doe fest. I'm like, where are these bucks at? Mm. And uh, it got pretty tough. Uh, we actually, uh, after that episode, oh, there's a deer. Oh, look at a, a little fawn. A little fawn. A little old thing. A little back straps on it, you know. Golly, pocket deer right a there, pocket, son. Yeah, pocket. I'm po- telling Pocket doe. I'm telling you, dude. But, shoot uh, that joker, throw him in your back pocket. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mama's probably getting ran down right for now. Cradle robber. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. No, so, you know, when we did that episode, it, it was just like, uh, you know, we had all these crazy signs. We're seeing a ton of deer, and they kind of started slowing down for me specifically. Anthony kind of went to this one spot, and he kept seeing a bunch of deer, you know, f- you know, 20-plus deer sit. Um, but it just, you know, it just slowed down. Met some locals um, who were hunting some of the same parcels as me and uh, Anthony and also some other parcels as well that I had scouted previously in the past. And, uh, you know, they're showing some photos of, like, some of these huge deer they've been killing. Um, and it was it was kind of interesting to get their mindset. Like, we were doing the same thing. It's kind of like meeting, you know, Scott and Nick, uh, who hunt Scott uh, Seals and Nick Harris that, you know, hunt, you know, one of the pieces of public land that we've hunted for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're doing a lot of the same things they're doing. They're just doing it better. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and these guys are doing, again, what we were doing is, you know, same thing these guys are doing. They were just doing a better job with it, and they're killing some absolute giants. Um, so, you know, it, it was kind of interesting, but again, their sightings completely kind of vanish as well. And, um, kind of jump ahead maybe a little bit, um, was able to kill a buck that Anthony had seen a couple days previously and actually had that buck come out to 115 yards and he didn't shoot it. Mm. And he had some, he had some, uh, some, so why did he not shoot it? So he had does, he had a bunch of deer in the field. There was like 20 plus deer in the field. It's a, it's a little cornfield he's sitting on. I say little, it's relative to Iowa standards. Uh, it's probably like, um, probably eight to 10 acre cornfield, uh, kind of like a triangle shaped field. Got CRP on one side, got some thick willows on the other side of it with some more CRP. And, um, Anyways, the buck came out and he was watching it. He's like, dude, that's a, you know, when he first saw it, he's like, he's like, dude, I've got a, a 160 stepping out here. Mm-hmm. Well, then it came out for a little bit and he's like, oh, he's like, okay, there's something wrong with this deer. Um, and the deer was limping real bad and he had his one side, which is his left side, perfect, just a huge eight point side, just absolute monster. And then his right side, he's like, it looked like a caribou handler. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's trying to explain it to me, like, after the fact. Like, anyways. So the deer came out. Long story short, he came out. He's like, y'all, dude, it's a shooter. But he's like, it came out, got to 115 yards, but he had so many deer right in front of him between him and the deer, that buck. He, like, first off, there was, like, deer kind of getting in the way for, like, shot opportunities. Mm-hmm. And second off, he was so worried about trying to get his gun up because he's just sitting around the edge of this field, kind of, like, brushed in a little bit, sitting on the ground. He was so worried that just, like, the motion of him getting the gun up to, like, get settled, pull the hammer back and shoot – he was going to blow some do- the, the does off, and then, you know, he'd be running off there, too. Gotcha. So he wanted to shoot it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I thought he just straight passed it. No, 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 no. He's like, dude, no. He's like, I wanted to shoot it. He's like, I was just so worried that, like, the motion of me, like, I had, he's like, I had deer within 40 yards of me. And he's like, he was so worried about trying to get the gun up to shoot that he's like, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna wait until maybe some of these deer move off. They get a little bit further away from me, so I can you know make a move and, and kill the deer. Um, and long story short, it never happened. So yeah. Long, oh, okay. So long story short, you know that deer gets to 115 yards uh, right at last light, and then you know that's it. Like you know there was no other opportunities. Um, so the next day he went in there to try to kill it because he thought he could get right there on it where he wanted to uh, you know position himself for a good shot. Sat there, just saw 11 does, nothing else popped out. I was hunting a couple other locations. 
And then two days later, after hunting it, the wind kind of switched a little bit, uh, which was a good wind for the spot. It was like a north northeast. And he's like, well, man, I'm just I'm gonna go to a different spot. Like I'm not gonna hunt there. Like he didn't show up. I'm not gonna go hunt there. And I'm like, well, if you're not gonna go there, like he's been seeing twenty plus deer there sit, mm-hmm. seeing a bunch of bucks, um, nothing like huge, but seeing a bunch of bucks. I'm like, there's gotta be a, a big deer in that area. Whether whether it's the deer, you know, he didn't, he wasn't able to shoot or what, you know, there's gotta be a big deer in the area. And by the by the way, when he's telling me like the the size of the buck, I really didn't know. I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to picture in my mind what the deer actually looked like because he tried to take a photo or video of it but it's it's really hard to see the deer in the in the video yeah um so but i'm like dude i'm gonna go sit that spot i'm gonna go sit that cornfield because i'm like it's there's it's right off the creek there's so many deer there i'm like there's got to be a good buck in the air it's a good win for if you don't want to go there i'm gonna go there and he's like yeah that's fine so i go to that spot slip in there and we'd actually uh after we did the the last podcast uh the last outro um we, we kind of went back in there and opened up like a, a, a little trail going through this in the CRP and coming through these willows to get to the back side of this little brushed in blind that he had kind of put in. And I say blind again, it's just a natural blind. Um, so I kind of slipped up that, got into the spot, got set up in the cornfield. And, um, dude, I was texting, uh, you know, we were just, I was texting him back and forth. We got in pretty early. Um, and, I was texting. I was like, "Hey, have you seen anything yet?" And it's like four or something. It's like four thirty, and uh, that's another thing that we realized earlier in the hunt. Deer would be moving at three o'clock in the afternoon, three three mm-hmm. thirty. It wasn't. It wasn't really. It wasn't cold front or anything. It was like forty degrees, but they'd be moving like you'd have does popping out three three thirty. What do you What do you attribute that to? Well, I'll, I'll get to it, which is interesting. <laughs> well, this is just a, the theory. It's gonna piss some listeners off, probably, but because some <laughs> some of them don't like talking about the moon. But that's the only thing uh. I can contribute it to. It's because we got there a week or so before the full moon. Yep. Um, and the movement was, like, pretty consistent. Like, you'd have deer out in front of you at 3.30. Well, it started shifting. It was almost like every couple of days it would shift 20 minutes or 30 minutes to the point it started shifting and it was getting to, like, the last 30 minutes of daylight. You know, that's when your deer were popping out. And, mm-hmm. then like, the bucks kept shifting, too. And that's one reason I was wondering. I'm like, you know, as we were shifting a little bit closer to that full moon, it was like – Again, we were seeing bucks, you know, right at that last 20 minutes of daylight, like big bucks at that last 20 minutes of daylight. And then as we got close to that full moon, it's like they just vanished. Mm-hmm. And like we weren't seeing them at all in daylight. The locals we talked to, same situation was happening. It was after the full moon happened. Um, that's when the, those locals killed the buck, and that's when I killed the buck too. Um, which, again, I don't know. I don't know if it's a factor, but that's the only thing I can contribute to because everything else stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, but um, – I was texting him about, I was like, dude, you know, you seen any deer? Because it's like 4.30, almost 4.45. I'm like, dude, like, I'm expecting, like, deer to be popping out. And, again, nothing's really moving. And um, Haven't seen any deer. No deer at all. And uh, he texts, he texts, like, yeah, he's like, you know, had a couple does pop out, nothing nothing crazy yet. He's like, probably majority of them are going to be moving until after 5. And legal light there is, like, was probably like 5, it was like right at 5.40 was legal light. Mm -hmm. Well, I put my phone down, and it ain't been two, like 10 seconds. I look up in the left-hand side of the CRP because it's, like, kind of thick next to me. I kind of was looking down on the other side of the field right there in the CRP, and all I see is that frame of that, of that freaking that big buck. Oh. And I'm like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm like, hey, Goofy's out here. And I'll, I'll explain why we named him Goofy. Or that's why I named him Goofy. And uh, he's like, you going to shoot him? And I was, the second I saw that deer, I'm like, 100% shooting that deer, dude. <laughs> um, so, again, when he when uh 
Anthony was talking about this deer. You know, he's trying to like give me an idea, like frame wise. I was trying to get it in my mind. When he popped out, like he's bigger than I thought he was, like legitimately bigger mm-hmm. than I thought he was. Um, again, huge left point side on his right side. Again, it looks like it suits back. It's like the main beam. It looked like it was uh, either grew weird or had broken off part of it, and it kind of like swooped, swooped back and had like two weird points, three points coming off. It looked real weird. Yeah. Um, but it's like a big old. It's an old deer. His face is complete. Like Anthony was like, dude, he's like, it's the oldest buck I've ever seen. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the, his face from his nose to his eye is completely white on the deer. Oh, that's cool. Like completely white. Because so, I didn't, show, I didn't even send y'all. So, so yeah, no, you didn't send me hardly anything yeah. on pictures. But so, so you just leaned forward and and like you saw him and then shot him. Is that is that it? Is that how it went? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So one more thing I was gonna say about him being uh, goofy. So he got he must got hit by a car. He had a broken front left leg, mm. uh, and he's like so he was pretty much tripod and trying to try and get through and feed and everything. But he was the only deer that came out and finally gave me a shot like 180 yards and was able to drop him with a muzzleloader. Um, dude, I feel so confident with that muzzleloader. I'm telling you, like that's like the fourth. I think the fourth, no, the fifth animal I've killed with that muzzleloader in the last couple of years. Fourth deer, and I've killed a black bear with it. And uh, they just freaking love that thing to death. But, yeah, dude, gave, gave him a good shot team, shot, and they uh, drop him. But, again, I, I saw, seeing his frame, I'm like, dude, it's a big deer. When I walked up to him, I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, just that, that left size is crazy, crazy, crazy big, uh, especially for, you know, uh, you know, as a, as a you know, a big four-point size, you know, big brow time, monster G2. Like, he's got, like, a 10-inch G3. Um, just just Oh, huge main beams just create good mass it's, it's awesome but but yeah dude when we um skinned him it was got him back whatever and I, I worked on the next day his left leg that front left leg that he got hit uh, i'm saying he got hit by a car that's what it looks like he had some road rash down his back it looked like um there was literally no muscle on his shoulder Oh wow! And like, so this is an old wound. Like uh, he didn't just get hit. No, by a no, car. yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it, you could see, like it was all kind of like he had part of like the elbow right there it was kind of like it was like all scabbed over, like kind of healed over, but you've still pus filled. Oh, um, okay, I got. And you. you could feel his leg, like it's you know 100 percent broken. Well, now guys, y'all can hear the rain. Oh, <laughs> oh. that's some serious rain. Yeah, we got some serious rain. <laughs> Holy crap! Big old raindrops yeah, coming big down. Old, big old fat rain. But. Um, <laughs> When I, like, you know, if anyone's ever, like, if you've ever quartered a deer uh, or processed deer yourself or just looked at a shoulder blade, a scapula on a, on a white-tailed deer, it has that, that, that uh, spinal process, that, that the high ridge that runs down that the uh, the shoulder blade, okay, yeah. the scapula. Mm-hmm. Well, typically, on any deer you kill, like, maybe like a doe, sometimes you can kind of feel that scapula. You can feel, like, that, that uh, spiny process, the, uh, the high spot of that shoulder blade uh, that kind of runs down the center of it. Well, this deer, you could see it, and typi- oh, wow. typically on his shoulder, like you have this big piece of muscle on the front side of that spiny process, on the front side of the shoulder, and then on the back side, again, it's another big piece of meat. This dude had literally no muscle on his shoulder. It was, you could feel the whole shoulder blade. Like, it was, wow. again, protruding out, and it shows, like, how long, like, he hasn't used that leg. Yeah, so I mean, he must have got hit like months ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess his leg was just gonna fall off or something. I, I guess I don't know. Like again, the leg, like it was infected. It wasn't like uh, like rotting or anything. Yeah. So it still had good. It still had blood flow, but it was just really bad infected. Um, but yeah, I mean, literally had no muscle in that front left shoulder. Wow. I mean, just straight bone. And his antler was screwed up. 
Yeah, right. which we like which, was it on the opposite side of the leg? Yeah, yeah, it was opposite side. But 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 what we're wondering is, and again, you know, I, I had a game work come by the day after Shaw, and we I kind of talked to him about it. And he was looking at it, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, you know, he might get injured during velvet season, like when he was in velvet, and it kind of jacked his antler up because he did break a part off. There's a part he was clearly non-typical on that side. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, dude, yeah, I, I got to show you a photo of this. He broke off a section that's probably bigger around than a half-dollar uh, piece that, like, was coming off, like, this uh, crazy-looking main beam. Oh, wow. So, again, he's like, maybe he maybe he got hit, like, super early, like, right after Velvet, or maybe he got hit during Velvet, whatever, and, you know, kind of jacked him up a little bit. But um, the deer just white face, and but he didn't have a big body, which is crazy. I mean, you, you looked at well, it. But he, was he, like, leaned out, though? Like, yeah. he'd been really struggling on that yes, leg? Yes, 100%. Uh, I mean, okay. he looked like a, not sickly, per se, but just like this deer's been around the block a little bit. Yeah. And he is uh, not, not feeling good. He ain't looking too good. No. He, I mean, he's had I, better days. And when I say he's small body, he's probably 175 pounds, okay? Yeah. Like live weight. Where my deer I killed out there uh, last year was, you know, 250. I mean, it's just completely different. Like this deer, like you can see like his neck had all sh- shrunk in. I mean, he looked like an old man when you look at him. Just, his neck's all shrunk in. But, again, you can tell he was really struggling with that, uh, that wound um, and just everything else. But – it had pretty good teeth wear too, but uh, but yeah, dude, it's just it's just crazy how tough those freaking animals are. I mean, to be able to kind of go through it. Plus, he had survived. Freaking, it was like the state of Iowa was like negative forty degrees for like I don't know. It was like under negative thirty for like a while with wind chill. Wow. Uh, a couple of weeks before we got there, like when we had that crazy cold front hit us down south. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made it through that with he that ma- gimped up leg. Yeah, and he made. I was like, dude. Wow. I'm like, man. Like, I wonder if he was chasing does in November. Well, dude, his tarsals. Listen, let me tell you this. His tarsal. He had tarsal stains going down his leg, dude. Wow. I mean, it wasn't like a tarsal. It was like his whole freaking leg. The inside of his leg was all freaking stained up. Uh, so clearly, you know, he tried. He's like, I ain't gonna let this gimped up I, I, leg I stop mean, me. I, I mean, he tried, but dude, when wow. he when he'd walk around, dude, uh, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a little pitiful. I'm not gonna lie, kind of seeing him kind of get around because it wasn't like he was just like he'd been tripoding for freaking you know years, but uh, he he definitely was uh, you know jumping around. Yeah, when you saw him like trying to walk around, because I watched it for a few minutes because I didn't get him kind of get out away from some of this grass, so I had a really clear shooting lane at him, but. Uh, you know, just kind of watch his body language and stuff, and you know he, he could eat fine, but definitely he wasn't moving anywhere very quickly uh, with that. So, but yeah, just a, a super cool, crazy deer. Um, and uh, but yeah, just crazy story. But again, I, you know it was crazy that that deer. Again, Anthony had seen that deer. He didn't come out the next day, and I think what happened was where I saw him pop out, or where I saw him on the CRP was very close to where Anthony had sat the the, the day before. And I'm wondering if that buck was just downwind of Anthony, and he just did not show up that night when he sat there. Because mm. uh, you can tell, like, that deer's trying to feed pretty heavily, uh, just looking at his body and everything. Yeah. Um, but, trying to recoup. Yeah, trying to recoup, trying to put on some kind of weight. So, but yeah, dude. And then, also, you know, then you know, I know some of our listeners don't care a whole bunch about the bird dogs, but we were able to do quite a bit of pheasant hunting and uh, quail hunting and uh, got on some quail. Actually, got on some Hungarian partridge, too, in one of the spots, which was kind of crazy. Even the the game warden was like, he's like, you get you get on hunts? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, you know, kind of hard to find. You know, they're not they're not everywhere in the state. Um, so you kind of find them uh, in different kind of regions of, of the state. But um, that and then, you know, just pheasants. And was able to kill uh, a pheasant that Pepper pointed on, like, the – 
I don't know, second to last day, something like that. And uh, unbelievable. Freaking locked up point. Came in, I was able to flush it. Flushed probably not, I don't know, seven, eight yards from me. Came up and just hammered it. Boom. Done. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. So so after, so so you went in there and, and shot the that goofy buck. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony had a couple more days. How did, I mean, was it more of the same? Was it just like the bucks just quit showing up? Dude, yeah, they just, they, they, they slow down like tremendously. Um, now, how much of that do you think is hunting pressure? Too, oh, though? for sure. Uh, it's, it, it goes hand in hand. No doubt. I mean, there was more hunting pressure. It, 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 there was more hunting pressure than I was expecting to find. Yeah. Uh, you had residents, uh, that were bow hunting. You had, I never saw a non, never met a non-resident. It was all residents. Um, but you had some bow hunters. You had some guys still with muzzlers trying to get a you know doe or a buck, whatever you know, late season. Um, so there was a good bit of that for sure. And uh, one of the parcels that where I saw that 151.60, that place was getting hammered with with non-resident or not, not with with residents per se. A lot of residents knew that area. It really produced some good deer, and uh, they were you know hunting extremely hard. And definitely, I think that that made a factor for it. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that was definitely part of it. But I still saw I saw a buck in the second to last night. I sat in a different location, kind of the same, uh, similar uh, spot to where I shot my deer, uh, but just a different smaller cornfield. And sat there uh, second to last night trying to do an observation sit for Anthony. I saw I, saw, I don't know. At, at one point there was 15 deer out there and they kept moving around, coming in and out of the CRP, coming into the field. So I don't know exactly how many deer actually were out there present. But uh, two different bucks, at least two bucks came out. One was this little um, probably two-year-old six-point that Anthony had seen chasing does, and he was, I'm talking, dogging does. <laughs> he I was mean, having a good old oh, time. Oh, he was, he was out there trying he's to make – like, no, we ain't done yet. Yeah, he was trying to make <laughs> – so he's like, he's, like, it's the, it's, he's like, it's after the game, you know, <laughs> after party. I'm still – no, he's still trying hey, to man, score. Triple overtime. Yeah, he's just, you know <laughs> – trying to do his best but i mean there was uh, we, we had heard a lot of reports of guys seeing doe fawns being bred that late into the season uh oh really yeah oh 100 yeah absolutely and that's what he was chasing a doe fawn uh pretty hard anthony see him chase but anyways he popped out and then some other buck popped on the very far edge and i could not i'm like kind of looking to the west and after the sunset it was so hard to see that side of the field because the crp was so tall and it's really dark and all you'd see, you'd see, like, movement of a deer, and then you see, like, white on top of his head. And I just I couldn't tell how big he was. Um, but, yeah. And then, you know, I sat, had Anthony go sit in there that the very last night, and I think he had 15 does pop up, uh, but no bucks. Dang, so, yeah. 15 does pop and that And so, yeah, I mean, so you said that, you know, it started really hot. You had deer coming out really, really early. And you also said that you had – uh, a lot of deer coming out with like a just off wind, or, or the bigger bucks at least. Yeah, bigger bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think it? Do you think it's the moon, or do you think that they're just like starting to be a little bit more cautious and and you know trying to adjust to that hunting pressure? Because I mean, they're definitely like you're, y'all are you know bumping them out of fields. There's other people out there walking around. You got your ground scent that they're probably finding after dark. Oh yeah, no, no, that's definitely a factor. I mean, I think. You know, for a deer to get five, six, seven years old, I mean, he's going to have to, like, be very wary. And uh, I really think keying on the wind. Um, I definitely think, you know, for the most part, most of those – but, like, the buck I shot, he came in with the wind advantage. I was sitting – it was just off wind where he popped out at. Uh, it's kind of like a crosswind for me, like almost a crosswind or coming over to hit me in the back of the neck. And he popped out just, you know, 
just where he couldn't smell me, but he definitely came in with to the field mm-hmm. with wind advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that was a factor. But like you know, kind of going back to like the freaking giant I saw, I tried to hunt. I sat on him three nights in a row with an off wind, and he never showed. Yeah. Now it might not be the off wind that he's wanting because for him it's still like a slight quartering wind to him. Or, or, or more of a quartering wind? Or do you think that he was maybe circling and catching? catching no, okay, no, I had a I had a water feature behind me. He was not. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a, it was an awesome spot, perfect spot. But again, like just because of how the wind was, I think he really kind of wanted like for that spot. I think he really probably like the night I saw him, he was on a northeast wind, which is I mean dead nuts in his face, coming out of the corner, like perfect for him. Yeah. Well, I sat on him with a northwest wind, which still is a like uh, he's still got a wind advantage coming out of that spot where he, I think he was betting at. But again, it, the wind was kind of coming off the creek, like he's kind of coming up the side of the creek in a, in a little pond, um, and uh, come out into this bean field. And I think he, I don't know if he again, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, you know, psychologist over here, what a buck thinks or um, yeah. yeah, all that. But I think it, an east, some kind of easternly wind probably would have been better. But the three times I sat on him, it was like a, a northwest, north northwest stuff like that, and never showed on that wind at all. Hmm. Uh, had some does pop out of that spot, one little buck just after dark, uh, but the big buck never showed. And that was one of the spots. Looking back at it, I wish I had like a, I could put a stake in the ground right there and put a uh, a cell camera on it just to kind of see if he's coming out at. Seven o'clock at night, whatever, like an hour or two later, and then you could have kind of backtracked back. But one thing me and Anthony talked about now after like hunting there, um, definitely would have brought stands and you know I had my saddle with me and some climbing steps, uh, some uh, approach steps, but never really used it. But there was definitely some spots like if you had like a little tripod stand, like hunting some at CRP where you just get, like, literally five feet off the ground, you yeah. can see down into that stuff, and you can really see back, like, some potential really good bedding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Yep. It was It was, It was. It was. was interesting, like you said. But, you know, seeing some giant tracks, I still got to show you that six-finger track that you don't believe me I, I found. No, because you think that running tracks nope. are walking tracks nope. all the time. It's not a running track at all. Dude, I found them in, like, different areas. It's the same buck, and I think it's that real big deer. I'm telling you, he had, like, maybe – 18 inch stride at the most i mean it was like that that much of a stride right there i'm you know it's an audio show here but i put my hand in his track okay uh-huh. left finger on the left side of the hoof his right hoof is still showing i had to put two more i've got the photo i'm going to show you i'll post Man. it let the listeners look at it um but it was consistent i mean you'd find doe tracks up there that were four finger tracks yeah i mean easily I mean, we found we, me and Anthony both saw does, and it wasn't like every doe, but you'd you'd see a couple. Oh, oh that gosh, was a, that, that was that a big was hole. a pothole. I didn't I, see that one. That was a pothole. Uh, that was full of water, but we um, bahan. You again? You would see a you you would see a doe, and you're like, that's got to be a shed buck, and it would come out with some other does, and that's it's two hundred, like a legit two hundred plus pound doe. Like, I saw does for sure that were bigger body than that uh, the buck I shot, uh, old gimp. So. Old Gimpy. It's it's again. They're old Goofy. Old Goofy, whatever you want to call them. Um, and and so yeah. uh, By the way, when yep. you shot that deer, uh-huh. when you walked up and grabbed him, his antler popped off. Right? No, actually, actually, when I shot him, he flopped, and kicked for a little bit, mm. and it popped off. And I walked it to him. I'm like, "Where's the other side?" Because <laughs> you know, I killed him and like cut corn, 
and the corner socks on the ground, he, you know, his, you know, his, uh, mess, his messed up side is like really dark, like chocolate rack. Well, his left side is light color. It's kind of weird. Uh-huh. Um, well, the, the, the goofy side is the one that popped off. And I'm like, where's his side at? <laughs> but I got up to him, and thank, thankfully he was laying there right next to him. But, yeah, it, it popped off uh, after I shot him. So Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the listeners were like, I had somebody, I posted it, and uh, listeners were like, oh, crap. Well, you know, could you, you know, can, can a tax or someone put it back on? And, yeah, Daniel Williams at Cedar Ridge, he's going he's gonna to put it back on. He's like, it's not hard at all. But Yeah. So saving the day. Actually, he's going to do a video on it. So if I want to watch the video of how oh, how cool. they repa- how they repair that, uh, they can go watch it on his YouTube channel. Oh, that's pretty slick. Yep. Well, do you know when that video is like going to be out? No, nah, I probably can ask him, and we'll we, we'll we'll share it. I'm sure uh, when it comes out, so y'all can kind of go watch it. But um, yeah, he was telling me he's like he's like a lot of people freak out thinking like you can't attach. He's like it's, it's extremely easy to be able to do it. Dude, that is a gnarly looking storm. You get your ad- weather app pulled up right now, dude. Ooh. Just imagine you're sitting there. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna tough it out in the stand. Uh, Josh, um, the area manager for these SOAs, uh, when we got to the the lodge there or whatever, and we were kind of doing like our our hunter uh, breakdown or whatever, kind of talking about the property and Justin. You know, Justin's his name. Oh, what else? What did I say? Austin. Josh. Josh. Oh, my bad. Well, Justin. My bad, Justin. Um, he was talking about. It. He's like, yeah, I would not try to hunt through this storm coming through boys yeah, <laughs> yeah it's supposed no. to be like 60 mile an hour winds he's like definitely don't be in the woods just you know hunt afterwards if you can so yeah we just uh we just pulled into the piggly wiggly right here and uh i made sure to not park under one of these light poles that's about to come down <laughs> possibly so um yeah i guess we're gonna run into the pig and uh grab some batteries and yeah, some maybe some stuff. more steaks. Yeah. I don't know. Just get me a bunch of steaks, bro. Yeah, I need some more meat. Need some more meat for tonight. Uh, we're gonna be on this hunt in for for a couple days. I guess probably the next outro we'll do at the end of this hunt, and we'll, we'll wrap up this hunt and, uh, and tell everyone how it goes. Um, hopefully, th- so yeah, this this big storm is gonna roll through here and bring in a nice cold front. This mm. is the front end of a just a beautiful cold front that we're about to get. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. We haven't had really decent cold weather mm-hmm. since like that that Christmas cold snap. Uh, there was a little bit of cold weather after that, but it's been mostly pretty warm. And th- this is going to be a nice downswing, so I'm excited about it. Just like we timed it, we timed it perfectly on this hunt. Like yeah, like you couldn't have asked for really better. Like you know, get a big wet storm coming through, dropping a lot of water, you know, high winds which is going to be good for us because it getting washed away all these tracks because this area has a ton of deer. Uh, we saw a bunch of tracks while we were out there driving around, but you know it's going to wash away the tracks so we can kind of see where these fresh tracks can be laid at. And then, you know, pretty decent cold front. I mean, dropping, tw- uh, what, 30-plus 30, 30 degrees on the back side of it. It's going to be Yeah, chill. it's going to be, be nice and cold, and, and that temperature is going to continue falling pretty much until the end of the hunt. Mm-hmm. That last day, it's going to it's gonna kind of crater, and then it'll come up a little bit. But we're going to be... It's just going to be fantastic weather for this hunt outside of this. I mean, we're losing, you know, three hours of hunting time. But, you know, I, I think this is maybe going to activate some deer movement. I think they're going to get moving here in a minute. I mean, this is nasty. I mean, a big old fat raindrop. You know, like in Forrest Gump when they're in Nam. <laughs> and, yeah, this is like what that's like, dude. It's it's nasty. It's pretty bad. This parking lot. And it's, the, and it's like water in early it. part of the rut right now. Yeah, it's, it's rut. So... Uh, what the biologist said is we're just coming out of pre-rut going into rut which I love like that to me is primo because that's when you get like freaking one or two does 
that are in heat at the same time, and all hell breaks loose because yeah. everyone's like, it's on. Yeah, you know? all, all, and especially all the mature bucks are like, let's, yeah. you know, they're really trying to find that first couple does coming into heat. So. Yeah, and and I think that I think that's what we ran into on our mountain hunt too that we just did a podcast on where we, we both shot our bucks. I think that we caught one or two does that came into heat on that mountain, mm-hmm. and it, and like the bucks were just there because a lot of people who we talked to who hunt that area they were like, really, y'all saw chasing? Like a, a lot of folks were surprised uh, that we saw chasing. Like it was really early for us to actually be seeing chasing, so that was encouraging. Um, I'm definitely glad to to know that we're kind of coming into that that early rut time frame so i i think that we're hopefully in store for some really good stuff here i'm trying not to jinx it man yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm trying not to jinx it yeah yeah so yeah oh geez all right well um we're gonna cut this outro a little bit short yep we're gonna run into the pig real quick get soaking wet um grab some some supplies um hey by the way thanks for everybody who's been sending in their listener success mm. stories that's been fantastic. We've been publishing all those on the website, and those are getting a lot of traction. A lot of people have been reading those and, and viewing them and commenting on them. So we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we love sharing those. We love reading them. And y'all keep them coming. I got a backlog. I mean, we're going to be posting two a week for quite a while. So that's exciting. Uh, so if you haven't already, if you uh, got a listener success story, go on over to the website. There's a whole page on the website called Listener Success, and there you'll find a form where you can go fill out that form and drop a photo of uh, the buck that you ended up getting or the doe or just whatever you ended up getting and, uh, and you know, let us know what what from the podcast helped you and tell us a story, and, and we'll throw it up on the website and post it and share it around. So, yep. uh, you got anything else no. before this truck lifts up off the yeah, ground? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, you might be running, and I'm good, dude. We, we might hold out right here. No, but, yeah, the listener success story has been cool with the articles and everything. Everybody kind of seen those photos. Uh, so, again, appreciate all that support, guys, with the listener success stories. And, hey, listen, if you really enjoy this podcast, of course, share it with some buddies, share it with some family, share it with some friends. And, hey, also go leave us a five-star written review if you don't mind over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And, hey, if you're on Spotify, too, I know not a ton of you guys listen on Spotify, but if you do listen on Spotify, you can leave us a five-star uh, review or at least just rate the show at five stars on Spotify. So, appreciate the support, guys. Appreciate everything and uh, listen hopefully you've had a good deer season if your season's already closed uh, god bless you hopefully you can get up to somewhere else or start looking some small game hunting uh, or start playing your turkey season but if you're in alabama mississippi and some of these other states that still have quite a bit of season left good luck for you guys for the rest of the season and we'll catch you back here on next monday's episode of the southern outdoorsman podcast All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. We're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about 
Hey, which saddle should I get? Which tree stand should I get? What about this piece of gear? What about that piece of gear? How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.